Today we are in um, part two, the two-part series anyway, of our um, teaching on Jesus, the embodiment of prophecy. We did say that some Bible scholars suggest that there are over 300 prophetic scriptures about Jesus in the Bible. And we explained last week that the existence of Jesus is not in doubt. There's no... Secular historians will agree that there was someone named Jesus that lived on earth. So whether there was Jesus or not is not in question. On the other hand, the nation of Israel have been expecting a Messiah. In fact, they are still, those that are not non-believers, are still expecting a Messiah. So the, the expectation or, or, the, or the looking forward to a savior, a deliverer, a Messiah, is, is also not in doubt that somebody will come to save the world. It's not in doubt. So the question is, is Jesus the Messiah? Is Jesus the Messiah? In John 14, 29, John 14, 29, um, we are laying a foundation before we jump into um, today's study. The Word of God says that, I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. So that when they do happen, you will believe. One of the strongest witness of the Lordship of Jesus is the fact that there were prophecies before him and those prophecies were so accurate. We started looking at them from last week. Where he was going to be born. To who was going to, we're going to see today, who was going to um, um, betray him. To the name of the town. Very precise prophecies about Jesus. And his name will be called Emmanuel. Even his name was given. That is one bit. The other bit is the fact that Jesus said he will resurrect. He will rise again the third day. And Jesus died and rose again. And how do we know he rose again? Oh, okay, yeah, because the Bible tells us. Now, in addition to that, they were witnesses to the resurrection. And those witnesses to the resurrection every one of them died for their witness. Every one of them, including Thomas. So if it was um, a lie, you'll be sure that Thomas will say, 
I did not see Jesus. Even Thomas was killed in India. Every one of them died for, their, for, for the statement that Jesus is alive at different times, at different parts of the world, and they all went for it. So, um, to open up the study, the question in our outline is this. What part of last week's prophecy fulfillment and application combo stood out the most for you? What part of last week's prophecy fulfillment application, you know, stood out the most for you? For those of us that were here last week, what part of, of, of the prophecy fulfillment and application stood out the most for you? Yeah, yeah, you can check your notes. <laughs> People are flipping backwards. <laughs> if you want to, okay, there's, there's a hand right in front. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think the part that um, stood out the most for me was um, um, the part where um, we learned that sometimes um, God is hiding us. For a season, and um, it's good to walk through the time of our hiding. Right. Okay. So, what scripture was that? Which prophecy was that? <laughs> when Jesus um, was taken to was Egypt. Was taken to Egypt. Yes. Right. Sir. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So let's 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 clap for her. For uh, have you forgotten how to clap again? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is a new set of tribes participants. This is how we clap. Okay, that's funny, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> now, the, the, the younger ones are looking at us are like, really? Is that how you are going to clap? I thought you guys were adults. <laughs> we, we kind of just have fun. So, thank you for that. Who else wants to go? Yes, please. Which um, prophecy fulfillment Please put up your hand until you get it, the mic. There's a, there's a hand right in front here. Um, application combo, do you want to? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It said um, Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem, and it did happen that way. They said uh, God is concerned about time. He's big about time, and he's very concerned about us. He's detailed about us. We are not... Uh, Coincidences. Right. Our purposes predetermine uh, our creation. Right. And it uh, stood out very well for me because uh, I've looked back and I look at my life and a lot of times I'm puzzled. Uh. And got to a point I said, you know what? It just can be God. He planted me for all these things to be happening around my life. And when you spoke, it was just expedient. I just got it right. And I got settled in my spirit to get stronger. Ask for grace to face those storms so that I'll fulfill my purpose. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. You're trying to clap right away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Anybody else? One, one more um, before we dive in to today's teaching. Um, there's a hand there. What stood out for me the most was the name Emmanuel. God is with us. That was really comforting. And the fact that God has a name for each and every one of us. My name is not just a coincidence. 
God Amen. has a name for me. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so people have redeemed challenges, you know. Some people have, um, they're even shy to clap that way. Let's clap for Debbie. Good. Um, we did, we looked at the first 14, and of course, they are, like I said, there are about two, 300, the um, scholars say, but we are looking at 28 of them. We, we've looked at the first 14 last week. We're going to look at the next 14 this week. And these are prophecies, detailed prophecies that point to Jesus. They were specific. There are no ambiguities about them. And Jesus came and fulfilled these prophecies. You know? And if there's any doubt in any mind about Jesus, I pray that God himself will resolve the doubt and answer the doubts in the mighty name of Jesus. Number 15. The Messiah, Christ would be praised, it's a prophecy that the Messiah will be praised by children. That the Messiah would be praised by children, little children. So if, if you are new to tribe, you, you notice that there's a, a filling the blank, there's a blank space there, so just put little children um, in that space. Now, the prophecy we see in Psalm 8, verse 2. Psalm 8, verse 2, the KJV says, Out of the mouth of babes and suckling, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies. The word strength there is also interpreted praise. You have ordained praise out of the mouth of babes and suckling. In, in the fulfillment we see in Matthew 21, Verse 16, Matthew 21, 16, we see the fulfillment. It says, they asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. I mean, that's another translation. Referring to that same scripture. So, we see that there's a prof- there was a prophecy that Jesus would be praised by little children, and there was a fulfillment in Matthew 21, verse 6. So what is 21, 16? So what is the application to us? What does that mean to you and I? What's the relevance of, of that? Who wants to go? What's the relevance of that? Okay, there's a hand right there. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, I think it means that we're never too young to dedicate ourselves to God. Amen. Neither are we ever too young for God to use us. Amen. And I know even in um I think in Timothy it says don't let people look down on you because you're young, but be right. an example to other believers right. in your faith and your purity and all of that. Yeah. And all of that. Okay, let's clap for her. Fantastic. We are never too young. We should, I mean, 
thank God for parents that bring their children to tribe. You know, you, you, they're never too young. They, they will get it, you know. And God has ordained strength and praise through them. Okay, thank you very much. Number 16, the Messiah, Jesus, would be sent to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. We see that in Isaiah, the prophecy in Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 2, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those women that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. So Jesus will heal the brokenhearted. That is fulfilled in Matthew, in Luke, sorry, chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18. The word of God says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the Lord's favor has come. So, we see a direct fulfillment in the life of Jesus. So, what's the relevance of this to you and I? What's the relevance of this to us? Okay, is there a hand there? What's, what's the relevance? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, the relevance for me is a lot of us are broken-hearted. A lot of people get broken-hearted. This is like a direct declaration over my life. I can take that word of God and literally say, he came for me. He came to make me strong. He came to set me free. And in case I have a partner or a friend, or I can use that word to also pray for them and set them free. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Let's clap for Okay. We'll clap for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sure you didn't answer it for the clap, but the clap is just to encourage you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anybody else? So we see that Jesus came for the brokenhearted. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And that is you and I. Um, the seventeenth prophecy we are going to look at is that the Messiah Christ would be betrayed. Betrayed. He will be betrayed. And the prophecy is Psalm 41 verse 9 says, Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. <laughs> it's pretty tough, isn't it? Zechariah 11, 12 to 13. It says, I said to them, if you like, give me your wages, whatever I am worth, but only if you want to. So they counted out the wages, 30 pieces of silver, and the Lord said to me, throw it to the potters, 
and this magnificent psalm and on and on. And on. Talking about Judas betraying Jesus. We're going to see that in more of direct application for 30 pieces of silver. So, the fulfillment, Luke chapter 22, verse 47 and 48. Luke 22, 47 and 48 says, But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by, by who? By Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Jesus walked over, Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Wow. Matthew 26, 14 to 16 says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priest and he asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you. And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. So we see that is too precise. There's no guesswork. That is too accurate. Zechariah said he will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. When, Jesus, when Judas showed up before the priest, how much did he ask for? 30 pieces, the exact amount. Why didn't he ask for 25 or 50? The exact amount. The exact amount. So, the Son of Man, the Messiah, the Christ, will be betrayed. The prophecy went ahead. What does that mean for you and I? What does that mean? What's the relevance to us? Who wants, who wants to go? Okay, there's a, there's a hand in that corner. What's the relevance to us? Anybody else? So that we are sure. Do we have only one usher? Okay, two ushers. Okay, there are three. No action on your side. <laughs> Just stay there. You never know. Praise yes. God. Hallelujah. Um, I think this is really very deep for me because um, <laughs> the Messiah was betrayed. <laughs> you know, sometimes... We, we are surprised when we are betrayed, you know, but Jesus went through it. And the betrayal did not come from, you know, maybe people in the 72. This was among the 12. So um, I'm learning so much from this that you may even be the one that would choose the Judas, uh. you know, but it still remains the person is a Judas. Uh. And um, God will help us and give us grace to be able to go through whatever trial our Judas that we've chosen mm. may put us through. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> people, don't, people don't want to clap for that kind of... <laughs> but, okay, let's clap for her. Fantastic. So, I mean, that is so true. You know, Jesus says, and I chose you twelve. And one of you is a devil. And we get surprised when we are betrayed. Why do, why do we get surprised? Because betrayal is never palatable. Okay. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, 
yes, the betrayal is what we're talking about here, but you know, I, I'm just reading again about the the prophecy itself. You know, it was prophesied like in the Old Testament, came to pass in the New Testament, and they specified 30 pieces of silver. There is a huge time span between these two periods, which means also economically there could have been inflation or deflation. And 30 pieces of silver, I mean, using today's world, uh, one millionaire in the 70s, I mean, is not the same thing as one, what one millionaire would buy today. And yet the prophecy was so accurate uh, as, as in going forward that it, it, it just puzzles my mind. Right, you know, you know, it's, uh, it just shows how, uh, how how prepared God is even ahead of us with right. respect to you know right. praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, <laughs> that's and so so God just went ahead, even though it will have increased in value maybe, um, and and it is still thirty pieces of, of silver. Um, inflation did affect the price of Jesus. You could say, okay, so um, anybody else? Prophecy number 18, that the Messiah's prize money will be used to buy a potter's field. What that money will be used for was even prophesied. This is the amount then this is what it will be used for. It's, it's too accurate. There's no ambiguity with God. It's not, it's not guesswork. No man could have done this. Zechariah 11, 12 to 13. We'll read it again. It says that I, I said to them, if you like, Give me my wages, but only if you want to. So they counted out my wages, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the porter. This magnificent sum at which they valued me. That's the Lord. So I took the 30 coins and threw them to the porter in the temple of the Lord. Fulfillment, Matthew 27, 3 to 10. It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care? They retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coin down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. The leading priest picked up the coins. It wouldn't be right to put this money in the temple's treasury, they said. Since it was payment for murder. They knew what they were doing, didn't they? 
after some discussion, they finally decided to buy, to buy what? The potter's field. And they made it into a cemetery for foreigners. That is why the field is called the field of blood. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says, Jeremiah also prophesied it. They took 30 pieces of silver. The price at which it was valued by the people of Israel. And they purchased the potter's field as the Lord directed. Wow. Even in the betrayal, even in what was done with the money of the betrayal, God's hand was in it for his glory. You know, sometimes we go through things and we are like, how, God, why is this happening? How can this be for your glory? If we will submit to God, we will see that everything will work out for our good. Praise the name of the Lord. God is in control. Really, he is. So, what's the, what's the relevance to us? I hope I've not gone ahead of myself. <laughs> Who wants to go? What's the relevance to us? Okay, since I've answered it, you might as well clap for me. <laughs> I'm joking, you don't have to. But um, I'll take it anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Prophecy number 19. The Messiah will be falsely accused. Psalm 35 verse 11. Psalm 35 verse 11 says, Malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. It's different from the betrayal. Mark 14, 57 to 58. Finally, some men stood up and gave his false testimony. Not only was he betrayed, he was falsely accused. They gathered up people. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands. And in three days, I will build another without human hands. Amazing. So, what's the relevance for you and I? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, for me, I think it's uh, persecution. Uh, in this game, as long as you want to stay with the Lord, you will be persecuted. Do not be worried. Just move on and know that you're focusing on the Lord and nothing should distract you away from God. Praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, anybody else? Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Prophecy number 20. The Messiah, the Christ, will not only be falsely accused, he will be spat upon and struck. It will be spat upon and struck. The prophecy is in Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6. It will be spat upon and struck. I offered my back to those who beat me 
and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Wow. Fulfillment in Matthew 26, verse 67. Matthew 26, verse 67 says, Then they began to spit in Jesus' face, beat him with their fist, and some slapped him. Prophecy fulfilled. What is the relevance for you and I? What's the relevance? What's the relevance? Okay, there's a hand there. What's the relevance? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That we are children of God and we are in God's will does not mean that we're not going to face um, persecutions and um, challenges. We will because Jesus went through it. So we are not above Jesus. So we're going to go through it too. So we should be prepared. And that does not mean that we are not holy or righteous. Amen. Amen. Now, that's... Thank you. Now, that... Is, is, is applicable and that is fantastic. You know, another thing I would say to this is why was Jesus slapped? Why was he spat on? Why, why did he face reproach? Why did Jesus face all this? Why was he spat on? Why was he slapped? Why did he face shame? Why did he face ridicule? If he just needed to die, why didn't he just sleep and, and die? The reason is because of you and I. Jesus took our place in shame, it took our place in ridicule. And that is so important. That is why every child of God, regardless of what you face, you should be able to lift up your head and walk with dignity, without shame or reproach, because Jesus took your shame and your reproach upon himself. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is big. Number 21, the Messiah, Christ, Jesus, would be crucified with criminals. Not only will he be crucified, he will, he will be crucified with criminals. Jesus will be crucified with criminals. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Isaiah 53, 12. says, therefore, I will divide a portion with the great. He and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he had poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors, with the criminals. Number 22, 
The fulfillment is in Mark 15, 27 to 28. Mark 15, 27 to 28 says, And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left hand. And the scriptures, the scripture was fulfilled, which said, and it was numbered with the transgressors. So we see prophecy and direct implementation and fulfillment of the prophecy in the life of Jesus. So, but what does this mean for you and I? What does this mean? What's the relevance? How do we apply this? Who wants to go? Okay, so the choir again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I feel it means that Jesus did not come for people who are already saved. He came for the sinners. Absolutely. He associated and it, it was numbered with transgressors. And, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So maybe we should do that. Right away, let's start for... <laughs> yeah. So he, he was numbered with transgressors. He, he was... Um, associated with the low lives, you know, and, but even at that, there was one on his right and one on his left. Now, the fact that Jesus came and associated with the low lives is not an automatic salvation for the low lives. The fact that Jesus came for you and I he paid the price for us, but it's, the salvation is not automatic. You and I need to access and receive the salvation. And that was graphic on the, on the thief on the left and on the right. One says to the Lord, remember me in paradise, right? One asks for forgiveness and receives salvation. What did the other do? Mocked Jesus. Are you not the one that they said, rescue us from this place. Let's do a jailbreak. <laughs> and let us escape. One was saved and one was not. So the fact that Jesus came to the world for us, we still have to respond to him. It is those that respond to him that get saved. Those that do not respond to him do not get saved. Number 22. The soldiers would gamble for Jesus' clothes. It was prophesied that the soldiers would gamble for Jesus' clothes. Psalm 22 verse 18 says, They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice 
for my clothing. Fulfillment. In Matthew 27, 35, after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing what? Too accurate. Too accurate. Even if you said that, Jesus, that Judas read the Bible, Judas read the, the scriptures, and knew that he should collect 300 pieces of silver, that that was his bargaining price. What about the soldiers? I mean, it actually occurred to me that maybe Judas has read about the scriptures. But what about the soldiers? As prophesied, precisely as prophesied. What's the relevance to us? What's the relevance to us? Always the choir. Mostly, rather, not always. Mostly. Praise <laughs> yeah. God. Hallelujah. It's not very clear in my head, but let me just um, say what thoughts are coming to my mind. Right. Are that Jesus, the soldiers recognized the value in him or on him. So even though we get crucified from time to time, mm. even though people mock us or jeer at us, they are doing it not because we are not valuable, but because they don't, they, they just want to bring us down. Right. And when they bring, so they brought him down, but they didn't throw away the clothes because they recognized right. he was still valuable even in that time. And so we remain, value, we do not lose our value even when we get jeered at or mocked at. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so interesting, that's, that's a very interesting view because, you know, the obvious thing is that Jesus did not wear cheap clothes. That's the obvious thing. His, his shirts were, you know, chassis, you know. <laughs> his shoes were chassis, you know. Um, so, because if they were worthless, they would not be fighting over it or be casting dice over it. They just use it to clean the blood or whatever. But when she was speaking, maybe the value they placed on it was not even because, only because of the value of the material. Maybe because they knew it was anointed. Maybe because they knew that, okay, this guy, they've killed him, but hmm, this man that raised the dead, let me get, take his shirt. No, I'm the one that will take the shirt. No, okay, let's throw, let's throw the die. That's very profound. Thank you. Um, prophecy number 23. The Messiah would pray for his enemies. He would pray for his enemies. The word there is pray. The prophecy we see in Psalm 109 verse Four, Psalm 109 verse 4. It says, I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusation, even as I am praying for them. 
fulfillment. Luke 23, 34. Luke 23, 34 says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. By throwing dice. So we see that Jesus prayed, just prophesied, and it was fulfilled. What's the relevance to us, to you and I? Who wants to go? What's the relevance? Is, it, is, it, is that hand going up? No. What's the, what's the relevance to you and I? Um, yes, sir. Yes, my sister. What's the relevance? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To my understanding, it means um, we should bless those that curse us and not cause those that curse us. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Okay. There's a hand in front. Keep the hands up until you get the mic. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said, God will overlook. Hallelujah. Those, I mean, the Bible said, God overlooked the God will overlook. Okay, in the days of ignorance, God will overlook. Oh, okay. The days I think, of, uh, uh, God, Christ prayed for them because they don't know what they were doing. Okay. Okay. Thank you. There's another hand right there in the middle. Yes. Uh, I think the purpose of Jesus going through all that would have been in vain if he didn't forgive, if he didn't right. pray for them. Right. There would, there would have been no need to actually die or go through all that. Right. Did you understand what she said? Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, we take that and we take this. This forgiveness thing is very, it's touching our hearts. <laughs> yeah. I think Jesus Christ knows that it's the demon that is in, in them, controlling them. Is there. They are real bodies, not the. I didn't hear what body. he said. As in, Jesus Christ knows that it's the spirit that is in them controlling them. Oh, that is pursuing them. Yes, that is a demon spirit controlling them. That is that. controlling them. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. The relevance for me is that um, God is not going to ask me to pay a price. That he himself is not willing to pay. So he, he exemplified it and it is proof. Absolutely. So God is not asking us to pay the price that he himself is not willing to pay. So God exemplified forgiveness by forgiving and setting the example for us. That's awesome. Okay, 24. 24? Is that correct? Okay. The Messiah would be forsaken by God. Prophecy is in Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away? When I groan for help. And we see the fulfillment 
of that prophecy in Matthew 27, 46. About three o'clock, Jesus called, cried out and called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Can you see exact phrase? You know, sometimes it takes more, it takes more faith not to believe in Jesus than to believe in Jesus. It takes... Okay, if you want to clap for Jesus, that's, that's what I said. It takes more faith to be an atheist than to be a believer if you are sincere. It takes more faith to actually disregard all these accurate proofs. So what is the relevance to us? Yes, please. I mean, this is for people who are waiting for something or unanswered prayers. Right. And prayer for one year, two years, three years, four years, and you are not even Jesus. Hmm. So I think this will just this just settles it for me that sometimes I say prayer and God turns his back. It's ultimately for his glory. It's not about me. It's it's about what he wants. Amen. Appears that God turns his back. <laughs> yes, that is so powerful. Um, because I, I, I needed to say appear that God turns his back. Because God never really turns his back. God also never really turned his back on Jesus. It was our sins, the sins of the world, that created the wedge. That, that he felt disconnected from his source, you know. And, and he couldn't take it. Yes, please. Okay, so you said what I wanted to say, that God never really turned his back, even though Jesus okay. felt at that point that God turned his back. Right. But that sometimes we go through experiences in life and that we feel that God is not there, but everything is working for our good and he makes things beautiful in his time. Amen. 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 There's a hand there. There's a hand there. Ah, the hands are just flying up. Okay, let's take this. Let <laughs> me take that. Let me take those two. Okay. Tell us. Okay, sir. Um, taking it up from where uh, Pastor Lamide stopped, mm. I would say that um, you would always tell us that your feelings, you shouldn't trust your feelings. Right. So if um, he feels that God is not there, does the Bible say God is not there? If he doesn't say it, then God is there, even mm. though you don't feel it. Mm. So Jesus might have felt that way because the sins were covering, mm. but God was there, right there with him. Amen. Amen. And by the way, um, okay, go on. She said what she wanted to say. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, similar to just to take it off from where they all, right. you know, what, what the relevance for me is that um, sin is, God will not stand sin, even if it's from his son, you know, I mean, looking at his son, his own dear son, mm. that Jesus was a part of him, you know, mm. and God is not going to accept sin tomorrow. Mm. He's not going to say, oh, okay, tomorrow, because I love you, mm. it's okay for you to commit this sin. Mm. So God is not, sin is sin, and mm. it just separates. That's, mm. that's the relevance for me. Amen. Okay, you're going to say the same thing, and you're going to say the same thing. Fantastic. Okay, oh, there's a, there's a hand there. Right. 
I think that this prophecy actually shows just how much Jesus loved us. Absolutely. Because we know that Jesus was God's son and he's also like God himself. Uh-huh. And um, he loved God so much, always calling God his father. And we know the relationship between them. He loved to spend time in God's presence. And so I can only imagine how painful it was for him to feel that God had abandoned him or had turned his back. It's just like my dad. If uh. I would never expect my dad to turn his back on me or to abandon me. Uh. And that's something very painful with someone that, you know, you look up to or you think is, is protecting you and loves uh. you and really dedicates themselves to you. But Jesus just loved us that much that he was willing to go through that for us. Amen. <laughs> I like the way you connected with your dad, you know, because... <laughs> He didn't say my mom. <laughs> so maybe when your, I'm sure your brother will say the way my mom. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. When God is taking us through a journey, He doesn't put sentiments in, into it. Right. Yes, first us, you know, he's, He watches us go through this journey. You pay the price. Yes, that's it. Thank no you. Sentiments. That's that's so big. You know, I mean, if with, with Jesus. God was not sent. Sorry, I, I forgot about your cough. With Jesus, God was so sentimental. Why do we think he would be sentimental with us? Pay the price. Smell the coffee. Stop, stop complaining. You know? And it will end in glory. That's the bottom line. But all this, I mean, I'm sure you don't have space in writing all these relevances. So a lot are on, are on, are on, are on. Everybody's on. Beautiful. Okay, um, number 25. The Messiah will be the sacrifice for sin. Will be the sacrifice for sin. We see that in Isaiah 53, 5 to 12. You can read that when you get home because of time. Okay, maybe we want to read a little bit. It was pierced for our rebellion. It was crushed for our sins. And he was beaten so that we can be whole. He was whipped so that we can be healed. You can read the rest when you, when you, when you get home. The, the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. He was bruised for our iniquities because of our sins. And the fulfillment in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, it says that when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. And died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps, perhaps be willing to die for a person who is specially good. But God showed his great love to us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I mean, that's about what the young lady said. Number 26. Okay, relevance. Homework. Number 26. The Messiah's bones would not be broken. The Messiah's bones would not be broken. The prophecy is in Exodus 12, 46. It says, each Passover, because Jesus was our Passover lamb, each Passover lamb 
must be eaten in one house. Do not carry any of its meat outside and do not break any of its bones. The Passover lamb's bones were not to be broken. In Psalm 34 verse 20, it says, For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Jesus, not one of them is broken. Fulfillment in John 19:33 to 36 says, But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. Because they usually will break their legs so that they don't, they don't get up and run. You know. So they saw Jesus, he was already dead. They didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness. He had to put that there. I saw this thing myself. Giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken. Wow. Huge. What's the relevance of, to us? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, for me, it just says to be down, but will not be completely out. The Bible says a righteous man falls um, seven times and rises up again. Right. Irrespective of whatever it is we are going through, God will always make a way of escape for us. Amen. And no matter how down we are, if we look unto God and look unto the Holy Spirit for strength, we are going to find our strength, get back on our feet and still run. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Anybody else? You know, it also shows that nothing that God says will not happen to you will happen to you. Thank you. <laughs> nothing that God says will help, nothing that God says will not happen to you will happen to you. I decided to say it exactly like that. Number twenty-six. 27. I was just checking. Number 27. The Messiah will be buried with the rich. The Messiah will be buried with the rich. Isaiah 53, verse 9. Isaiah 53, 9 says, He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal he was put in a rich man's grave. Fulfillment. Mark 6, 10, 19. Sorry. Matthew 27, 57 to 60. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate, Joseph, a what? A rich man from Arimathea. I mean, just to emphasize what that prophecy said. Went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. 
And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. This was exotic kind of burial. <laughs> then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. What's the significance of this? Should we do it as homework? Okay. Is there, is there a hand in front? Maybe that there will always be provision and that um, if we really need it, then God will bring it. Amen. And that at the end of persecution, there will be abundance. Amen. Sort of. Even if it is in burial. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, let's, let's go for it. Cool. Now, yes, that is valid, you know. Um, okay. Is there a hand there? Okay, there are two hands. Okay. Yes. Okay, I didn't see from that because I saw something that just like the rich is a criminal. He was, he was crucified with the criminal. He was buried with the with rich. The rich. Mm. Oh, so no matter the situation, you, no, no matter how you go through it, the end will always be glorious. Amen. Amen. Well, even in burial. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. Um. Okay, praise God. It just brings to mind the scripture that says that the death of his um, beloved is precious in his sight. The Lord does not take it with levity. It's also very instructive that Jesus will mingle with criminals and Jesus will mingle with rich people. Even when he was dying, Jesus did not segregate. You know, Unfortunately, some, I've heard some people preach the gospel as if everybody that is rich is going to hell. You know? And the reason sometimes if you check is because they are poor. So they say everybody is rich. <laughs> Jesus did not segregate. Jesus did not discriminate. It was the same for the poor and it was there for the rich. The rich could come to meet him. Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. Nicodemus, they will come at night. Jesus will meet with them. Zacchaeus, Jesus will go to his house. Prostitute, Jesus does not mind. Tax collector, Jesus does not mind. Criminal, Jesus is there. Even when he came from Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus associated with everybody, regardless of race, or class or status. And I think that is big for Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful because we have some rich people that they don't like certain kind of people in their churches because their Jesus is not for poor people. 
You have some poor people that feel, oh, rich people are going to hell. Because, for whatever reason. And they quote Lazarus and the rich man. But Jesus is not segregated. Heaven will be filled with people that were poor on earth and that were rich on earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Finally, prophecy number 28. The Messiah, Christ, will be seated at God's right hand. When he resurrects, he will be seated at God's right hand. Psalm 110, verse 1. That's the prophecy. It says that the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Fulfillment, Mark 16, 19. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Place of power. Matthew twenty-two, forty-four. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand. Quoting that scripture that we read in Psalms. Until I humble your enemies under your feet. That is Christ. And that is his position. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. What's the relevance to you and I? Is the hand there? Who else wants to go? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, for me, I think... Jesus sitting at the right hand is a place of honor. And the sacrifice he had to make oh. to sit at the right hand was a lot. Oh. But when he got to the right hand, God was going to make his... He didn't have to pay the sacrifice all over again. Oh. He was just going to make his enemies his footstool. So he had paid the sacrifice. Amen. And every other thing was just going to fall in place for him. Amen. 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 When you pay the price... God will make everything fall in place for you. If Jesus was not offered the right hand of God on a platter, there's a price for your destiny. For that place of honor, there's a price to be paid. But when you pay the price, you will access it in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's beautiful. It means that it is not just... The cross for the cross sake. Jesus did not go to Gethsemane and go to Golgotha and died on the cross for the, for, for, for the shame's sake, for the cross sake. Jesus went to the cross for resurrection's sake. Like we said, God has not called us so much as to live a crucified life. God has called us to live a resurrected life. But there can be no resurrection without a crucifixion. There's a price to pay. There's a place of honor that God has for you and I. But there's a price to pay. 
Now, we have heard God's word. We have committed, or we will about, we are going to commit to act on it right now. How will you pass it on? How will you pass it on? Now, does anybody here has any doubts remaining that Jesus is the Messiah? I don't think so. If you do, you can see us after service. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? Jesus says to you and I, go and tell people about me. Tell people that are far from God about me. Tell people about me. Help people know what you know. How are you going to spread what you know about Jesus? All these things you have learned this past two weeks, are you going to file them, put it under your bed, put it on your shelf? Or are you going to take action? Are you going to begin to teach your children these things? Are you going to begin to teach your friends? Are you going to begin to reach out to people that are far from God? That's what God wants from us. So as we commit today, I want us to feel our commitment. It says, Father, I thank you for loving me and sending Jesus just for me. Today, I commit to living for Christ. I commit to living for Jesus. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And let's think about what we have heard. There's so much in God. And God is saying, I have a place for you. I have a place of honor for you. I have a place of glory for you. For some of us, we need to take that first step towards God. You have never given your life to Jesus. Or you used to be born again, you're backsliding. You're like, Pastor, I didn't know Jesus is this real. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to commit my life to Jesus. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray for you wherever you are seated. Quickly, put up that hand. God bless you. Okay, anybody else apart from a child that wants to give his life to Jesus? Slip up that hand. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. The rest of us, let's think about what we have heard and let us talk to God about what we have heard. Is it the betrayal? Is it, are you broken hearted? Jesus came for you. Are you falsely accused? Or persecuted, spat upon, and struck? Are you regarded as a criminal when you know you are not? Maybe you need to pray for an enemy or somebody that despises you. And for some of us, it's a sacrifice we need to make for the place of honor that God has for us.
That sacrifice is what is before us. Even right now. That I may walk The cry of my heart is to love you To live with the touch of your stronger each day Let's take this song just once. Show me your way. Your way. That I may walk with you. I may walk. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.